You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. The cream of the crop! Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Neil, and this is the final episode of our Star Trek Trivia Tournament. We've had uh, two great episodes that you can go back and listen to the last two weeks. Uh, We've had wonderful competitors, uh, even better questions, uh, and we're very, very excited for this final episode uh, with our last three competitors. Uh, Before we get to them, uh, Jeff, you are here with me once again. How are you feeling after two weeks of intense Star Trek trivia? Uh, I feel pretty good. I came into this thinking that I was a red shirt, but I think I've been spared. So... um, I, I feel like I've character. gotten a couple of these right. Yes, the recurring character, red shirt. Um, but uh, no, it's been a great tournament. Uh, thanks again to Matt. These questions have been great. Um, I'm really glad that we got a chance to uh, take a, another swing at it. Yes. Uh, speaking of Matt, who is here, he, he broke all the questions for this trivia tournament. Uh, and we're super appreciative of that and for his time uh, and effort in this. Uh, Matt, uh, how are you feeling with all the questions and how they've been received? I've been pretty impressed with how everybody's done so far. Um, I was a little scared that uh, it was going to be a, a repeat of the of the first try, where it was just kind of a lot of dead air. But uh, no, it's been great. We've had uh, we've had really smart uh, contestants, and I'm looking forward to seeing how they do in the last game. Uh, well, speaking of those contestants, we're going to uh, come back to them uh, right now. But r- right before I do that, uh, just one more huge thank you to all of our Patreon supporters for making these tournaments possible. Uh, if you'd like to join all of the supporters and get all that extra content, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash triviality podcast. Uh, and we very much appreciate all that support. Um, our final three competitors are going to be uh, Andrew, who had 12 points in game one. Candace, who also had 12 points uh, in game two, and our wild card player today is going to be Chaz with nine points. So let's start with Andrew. Uh, this is a question I'm going to ask all of you. Um, how, how do you feel in the final here? And uh, if there was a newbie who had never seen any Star Trek, uh, what episode would you recommend to them to sort of uh, get them into the world of any different series? So first, uh, I feel good. You know, at the very least, we're going to have some fun. Uh, Chaz was a great competitor in the last game and I didn't get to hear yet because of the time machine, uh, aspect of this, how Candace did. Uh, but it sounds like 12 out of 15 is a fantastic score. So I think this is going to be a, a great, uh, final, um, to the question of what the best episode to start with. I'm thinking 
let's go original series because you want to pick one from something. And I think uh, the Tholian Web is a good one to to get a newbie into because it introduces a bunch of the characters, the sci-fi setting, the the dynamic between the characters, and a little bit of comedy in the right places. Oh, wonderful. I'm going to write that down. Uh, let's go to Candice. Uh, you were victorious in game two. Uh, same questions to you. It's fun to be on here. It's not something I usually do. Um, and I would say my the episode, one of the episodes that I would recommend people who haven't watched Star Trek um, watch is the Next Generation episode, Ethics, which is probably an unusual choice, but um, I really enjoy the um, morality play of it. This is just one of my favorite episodes. All right. So, Candace, that's one I watched as a kid and did not get at all. And we watched <laughs> it as an adult and thought it was fantastic. Chaz, uh, you are the wild card participant. You had nine points in game one, which uh, secured you a spot here. Uh, and you, you did a great job in game one. Um, so you are uh, facing some stiff competition. So how do you feel and what is your recommendation? Yeah, basically, I'm just hoping I don't embarrass myself. I got I got really tough competition. I already saw how hard uh, some of these questions are. So I'm, I'm just we're going to go for not embarrassing myself. And, and I'll be I'll be happy with that. So we, we already did TOS. We did uh, next gen. I, I decided I would go for, for DS9. Um, if I was going to recommend, there's actually two. Um, the first is the, the two-part episode that starts Deep Space Nine. The Emissary is fantastic. And then there's a later season episode called The Visitor, uh, which is sort of told um, uh, looking back retrospectively that is really fantastic and is a great way to get into the show, I think. Bring your tissue box for bring, that one. Bring a hanky. Yeah, yeah bring a hanky. It's, it's good, though. I love that uh, to get into Star Trek, especially because I'm going to watch all of these uh, recommendations, but to get into Star Trek, I, I'm already going to be crying from the from the jump. Uh, Matt, and uh, before we get started, what about you? Well, I uh, those are some actually pretty unexpected answers, and I am pleasantly surprised by all of them because for the reasons that each of the competitors said, that they are really excellent gateways to get into it. Uh, however... I chose uh, one that's a little bit uh, more recent, and uh, this actually brought back an original series uh, villain from uh, the uh, to uh, the Discovery. Uh, this was uh, Harry Mudd. Uh, who was played by Rain Wilson, and he was actually in a great uh, time travel trope sci-fi episode of Discovery, and it was called "Magic to Make the Sanest Man Go Mad," and it's uh, one of those that is one of the is one of the rare standalone episodes of uh, Discovery where you didn't really have to know what came before or after, and uh, it was uh, great. I mean, Rain Wilson's just he's so deliciously good as as uh, Harry Mudd, and uh, tortures and torments the crew, and it's great. I love it. It. and uh it, it's, a, it's a fun way to get into it that sounds like a great episode uh and speaking of magic to make the sanest man go mad it sounds like every time jeff talks to me about magic um <laughs> and i go a little bit mad but i i am actually very intrigued because uh the way jeff talks about it it's always very interesting so um jeff uh, we have some episodes it looks like we're gonna have to watch uh are i will uh, i'll throw my head in for one more recommendation for you neil oh you got one um yeah i've got a just a light-hearted classic one it's not too serious but um i the trouble with triples from the original series that's just a classic um i think you can't go wrong with something like that and uh, like i said fun lighthearted. you don't need to know really much about the show so 
of course, if you watch that one, then you have to watch the sequel, which is Trials and Tribulations from Deep Space Nine, where the Deep Space Nine crew actually transports back into the original series and they do some kind of <laughs> Forrest Gump dissolves in between the crews and it's really great. That's really cool. Um, all right. Well, we have all those uh, recommendations. If you haven't seen Star Trek in any form, uh, definitely check all of those out. So thank you, everyone, for the recommendations. Uh, Matt, I think we're ready here. This is going to be a pretty exciting final. Great competition. Great questions. Uh, feel free to take it away. All right. Well, as Q said, when the Enterprise D was about to face the Borg, the hall is rented and the orchestra is engaged. Let's see if you know how to dance. This is question number one of our final Simply, what was Lieutenant Uhura's first name? Locked in. Locked in. Locked in. Okay, uh, let's start with Andrew. Uh, I think it was non-canon until the 2009 movie when Spock whispered it into Nyota Uhura's ear. But I believe it's Nyota. All right, Candace. Nyota. And Chaz. N-Y-O-T-A. It was non-canon up till that point. Yep. But as I said, uh, 2009 J.J. Abrams movies count because they're in the canon. Even if it's an indifferent timeline, universe, whatever. But yes, Neota is what we're looking for. Points all around. Nice job. Great start. All right. Question number two. What was Dr. Beverly Crusher's maiden name? Okay, let's go to Andrew. Uh, so now in my head, Ken, I only just came up with this now, but I think it fits that she's a descendant of the Three Stooges. Uh, her maiden name was Howard, much like Moe and uh, Curly. Uh, and Candace. And. And Chaz. I didn't know, so I just figured that, you know, she was a descendant of another famous Beverly. She was uh, Beverly D'Angelo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, points going to Andrew for this one. This is Howard. Her last name was Howard. Her maiden name was Howard, rather. All right, moving on to question number three. What recurring Next Generation guest star was originally slated to serve as Deep Space Nine's first officer? I will accept either the actor or the uh, character name. I'll lock in with a guess. I will, too. All right, let's start with Andrew. Uh, it was Ro Laren, who uh, declined, Michelle Forbes, the actor, declined the opportunity. And we're, I don't know if we're all better for it, because Kira's great, but... She kept it in roll, Aaron. All right. And Candace? O'Brien. And Chaz? Yeah, I knew I'd read it. And as soon as he said it, I knew it. But I also walked in with Miles Edward O'Brien. Yeah, Miles was always scheduled to be the uh, the uh, chief engineer on uh, Deep Space Nine. And uh, yeah, Michelle Forbes as Ro Laren was going to be in the slot right right behind uh, Avery Brooks, which kind of would have been kind of an interesting dynamic. She's a, she's a little bit a little bit cantanker not cantankerous just you know strong-willed in a different way than kira maybe, maybe a little less uh a little less feisty a little more a little more passive aggressive <laughs> she's so. also about six inches taller so I really yeah yeah that too that too and then visitor is not a not a very tall person yeah that would have been uh that would have been neat all right so moving on to question number four the actors that portrayed Tom Paris and Harry Kim have recently begun their own Voyager rewatch podcast called The Delta Flyers. Please name these actors. Tap. Chaz is tapping on that one. I'm going to tap out. Candace is I'm tapping as well. Uh, Andrew, looks like you are uh, last one. Uh, what is your answer? Well, it's amazing because in between we, we were recording these episodes, an ad for The Delta Flyers popped up <laughs> on my Facebook feed. 
<laughs> it was an and it was an interview with with the actors Robert Duncan McNeil and Garrett Wong, and uh, they sure had some things to say about Voyager. I I'd find it and read it. <laughs> Yeah, and Andrew's got it. Andrew, uh, Robert Duncan McNeil and Garrett Wong. Yep, those are the Delta Flyers. Nice job. Okay, moving on to question number five. How many wives does Dr. Flocks have? Lock. A lock. A lock with a guess. Okay, uh, let's start with Andrew. Uh, I believe that the Denomulans have three wives per husband and three husbands per wife. So forgetting about all the intermixed complexity, uh, he has three wives. And Candace? Five. And Chaz. I also have three. I wish I could remember how many children he has because it's a ridiculous number. <laughs> yep, Andrew and Chaz have got it. It's three, three wives. Uh, that's about a third of the way through. So, uh, Jeff, can we get a score update? Absolutely can. Uh, we've got uh, Candace with one, Chaz with two, and Andrew five for five. I'm Jane Perlez, longtime foreign correspondent and former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. I've been a foreign correspondent in lots of places, Somalia, Indonesia, Pakistan, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I mean, China is not dropping anti-democratic paratroopers into Montana. But of course, we did see things like the weather balloon slash spy balloon riveting the whole country for a week. This is Face Off, an eight-part series in which we'll take you behind the scenes to key moments in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. We'll speak with a diplomat, a spy, a tech reporter, a U.S. admiral, even Yo-Yo Ma. Plus, my pal and noted China historian Rana Mitter joins the conversation. We'll look at what's driving the two nations apart and explore whether anything can help bring them back together. Face-off launches... April 9th. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Well, or call she, the police. Or call the police, like she should have, exactly. <laughs> What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Right. Here we go with question number six. What was the name of the composer that wrote the score for the 2009 J.J. Abrams film Star Trek? I will lock in. I lock in. I'm a film score nerd. I had to get at least one film score question in here. Uh, you could you could let me sit on this one for about 100 years and I would not be able to come up with that name. So it's not going to happen. All right. Not a problem. Uh, let's go to Candace. Han Simmer. And Andrew. Uh, it's Michael Giacchino. And Andrew, once again, and Michael Giacchino is, is correct. Yep. Is he the one who did The Incredibles, Neil? Yes. He is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, shout out to uh, my friend Justin Shady, who I write scripts with. Uh, he's actually good friends with, with him, with Michael. So he said he's a great guy. Tell, he also, tell, 
tell him that he does great stuff and his ter- his uh, score uh, placeholder pun names are terrible. <laughs> I will. If I'm not much mistaken, he also did the score for Rogue One. That sounds right. That sounds right. Yeah, yeah. he's uh, yeah, sort of. Um, I guess you could call him sort of the uh, John Williams protege. I would think a little bit. So, yeah, he has great stuff. Really love him. All right. Moving on to question seven, also music related in a different way. Captain Picard's ancient flute was a gift from a long dead settlement on what planet? I'll lock in. I'll lock in too. I'll lock in. All right. Let's start with uh, Chaz on this one. So there were the Resicans. I remember that, but I, I think it must have been Resica. So that's what I'm going to say. All right. Candace. I used the same logic. I knew it was a Resican flute, so I was guessing Resica as well. All right, and Andrew? I think Resica was the name of the town, and the name of the planet was Catan, because I remember slashing a sword around or something like that when I saw it. So I'm, my answer was Catan. Yeah, no, I don't know if anybody caught the the uh, very sly clue of the settlement, as in the settlers of Catan. It is Catan that we're looking for. Oh, all right, moving on to question number eight. What personal item did Philippa Giorgio leave in her will for Michael Burnham? Locked in. I'll lock in. I'll lock in with a guess. All right, we'll start with Chaz again. She left her family telescope. And Candace? Her communicator. And Andrew? That was her telescope. It was indeed her optical telescope. Yep, nice job. Okay, here comes question number nine. On Star Trek Picard, how many different emergency holograms have been depicted thus far aboard La Serena? I'll lock in with a guess. I'll lock in. So I'm trying to figure out in my head if this is a trick question, because really there's only the one guy. I mean, it's, 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 one, it's one hologram repeated a whole bunch of times. But if it's not that... I'm going to be stabbing kind of blindly in the dark. So I'm going to say one. All right. And Candace? I'm guessing five. Andrew, what was your... So I was trying to remember... I was trying to get the count based on the accents because each one had a different accent. And what I came up with was English, American, Irish, Scottish, and Spanish. So I came up with five. Yep, that is correct. It is five. They all did have the appearance of Captain Rios, but they all had distinct, different personalities. And uh, that episode towards the end of the towards the end of the run, with uh, where they have to interrogate them all at the same time, is fantastic. I love that. And question number ten: What was the name of the ship that Zephram Cochran used to achieve warp speed for the first time in human history? Locked in. Locked in. I'm going to sit this one out. All right, Chaz. So if I'm remembering correctly, that is the Phoenix. All right. Candace is sitting this one out. What would you say, Andrew? I also said Phoenix. And Captain Picard remarked that he had seen it hundreds of times in the Smithsonian, but he was never able to touch it. It was indeed the Phoenix. Does it feel more real this way? (laughs) Yeah, Troy. Troy walks in on uh, Data and Picard feeling up the Phoenix and says, "Would you like? Would you three like to be alone?" <laughs> you can't say they weren't gentle. <laughs> Looks like we're two thirds of the way uh, through this final, uh, and with a score update, uh, Candace with two points, Chaz with four, and Andrew uh, betting perfect with ten. All right. 
Here we go for the home stretch number 11. What infamous Starfleet Academy simulation did James Kirk ultimately defeat on his third attempt by reprogramming the no win scenario? Locked in. Locked in. Locking in. Okay, let's start with Candace. Kobayashi Maru. And Jazz. The Kobayashi Maru. And Andrew. I personally love that today we can all describe uh, splatteringly uh, awful failure as Kobayashi Maru. <laughs> it's one of those that has kind of worked its way into the lexicon. Yeah, it's Kobayashi Maru. Nice job, everybody. Moving on to question number 12, a little, little, little bit more of a deep dive on this one. What was the working title of the second live-action Star Trek series that was planned to be released in 1978? I'll lock in. I'll lock in with a guess. I was literally just reading about this because I had no idea it existed until yesterday. And it's Star Trek something. It's Star Trek 2. I'm missing a word in there. Uh, okay. I think I'm going to say Star Trek Phase 2. Okay, Chaz in with Star Trek Phase 2. Candace. I said Starfleet Academy, which I know is wrong, but I remember reading about a proposed series early on that was about cadets. So. All right, uh, Candace with Starfleet Academy and Andrew. I also had Star Trek Phase 2, but not there. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> yeah, there was a uh, Starfleet Academy show that had been in talks for several decades uh, through through different incarnations and different showrunners gave it different treatments, but they never could quite nail it down. Uh, actually, yeah, Andrew and Chaz both got it. It's Star Trek Phase 2. They used several elements in both uh, the motion picture, which released the year right after that. Um, they brought back some of the actors. Uh, Persis Kambata came back as uh, Lieutenant Ilea, and um, I think there was a couple others. But uh, the... Next Generation also used uh, some of the scripts that were uh, discarded from Phase 2. They actually had produced 10 different scripts, and they ended up using one of them. In Season 2 was uh, Deanna Troy. She was uh, – it was one called The Child, where she was impregnated by an alien who wanted to see what it was like to be born as a humanoid. And, uh, yeah, that was one of them. Oh, yep. No that wonder a, it failed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was it. That was a phase two uh, leftover that they that they got to throw in there. Moving on to question number thirteen: How many chocolate sundays did Q order during his exile as a human being aboard the Enterprise D? And I will accept answers within two. So plus or minus two for this one. I'm locked, I'm locked in. in. Yeah, me too. Okay. Uh, looks like everyone's locked in on that one fairly quickly. Let's start with Candace. I think it was 12. Okay. And Chaz? I wrote down 14. I don't know why. And Andrew? I feel like it was a one syllable, but big. I, I put down 10. All right. Uh, Candace is getting credit, but Andrew nailed it. It was 10 chocolate sundays because Data had given him the advice. When I see Counselor Troy in a bad mood, she orders a chocolate sundae and it makes her feel better. <laughs> And so he orders 10 chocolate sundaes because he's in a very bad mood. <laughs> <laughs> it's, an, it's always a good cure for a bad mood, I think. Here's the last couple of questions. Number 14. What engineer uttered this unforgettable line? Get the cheese to sickbay. All right. Let's start with uh, Candace. Was it Scotty? Chaz? 
So I'm pretty sure that these are referring to the the uh, neural gel packs on Voyager, and the answer is Bolana Torres. Andrew. I was also pretty sure it was that neural gel pack weirdo episode from early Voyager, and the only engineer I could think of who would fit the bill for that was Bolana Torres. Yep. Yes, indeed. They uh, and bioneural gel packs were growing some uh, something unsavory on top of it, and they couldn't really identify it. So she said, "Get the cheese of sick bay." It was Bolanatoris. Nice work. All right. And our final question, number fifteen. What was the name of Doctor Bashir's teddy bear? All right, Candace. What do you got? Ben. Uh, Chaz. I can see the episode in my head because the ramen or not ram nog and. Uh, Jake are running around doing favors for people trying to I don't know if it's the baseball card episode or not but they're running around doing favors for people and I cannot think of what the name of the bear is so I put Buddy <laughs> okay and Andrew it was the baseball card episode because Julian had lost uh, his teddy bear to uh, his ex-girlfriend uh, so he insisted the one thing that would make him feel better was Kukulaka and the teddy bear's name was Kukulaka nice work I believe that brings us to the end of this final episode after three weeks. Uh, Jeff, I'm going to throw it to you for our final standings. All right. So after 15 questions, three weeks, and a bunch of excellent questions from Matt, tough competition, and it comes down to this. Uh, with four correct in the final is Candace. With seven correct in the final is Chaz. And unbelievably, 15 of 15 really knows his stuff. we got to give credit to Andrew. Congratulations. Live Thank long you. and prosper. <laughs> Thank you all. Thanks, Matt. Great set of questions. Holy cow. That was, that was impressive. That was, that was, uh, that was a quite, a, quite a feat. My deep nerdery. If, if I get one, uh, one, one allowance for deep nerdery in public, it's going to be on this. So. <laughs> Well, that's good. That's good uh, that you have that knowledge, and we appreciate you joining us today. Uh, so let's start with you, Andrew. Um, any last words? Uh, anywhere you want people to uh, come check you out? Oh, that's a good question. I haven't done any kind of active podcast stuff in a while, or am I publishing just because I've been busy with work and isolation and everything. So if we're going to be having a shout-out for anything, um, usually if I'm asking people to give money to places, uh, I'll, oftentimes I'll, I'll put the word towards cancer research because it's been a a thing that's been important to my friends and my family for some time now. Um, I don't know if they have enough money right now compared to all the other things they could use some attention these days, but uh, I know that there are probably a lot of local food banks and so forth that could use your attention right now with uh, unemployment being what it is. So I guess if I'm going to pitch anything, it's please give to your local food bank. Wonderful. Thank you for saying that. Uh, we echo that statement. Uh, Chaz, uh, any last words from you? Uh, we appreciate you being a part of this. I, this is super fun, guys. Always a pleasure to be here. And anything I could say would pay on comparison. So go support your local food bank. Uh, I think that's a pretty good message. We agree. Uh, and Candice, uh, it was so nice having you back. Uh, you performed uh, valiantly in uh, the last two episodes, and uh, we enjoyed your company. Uh, any last words from you? Thank you. No, just thanks for having me on. Of course, uh, you're welcome anytime uh, in any format. Uh, same goes for everyone else. Uh, Matt, uh, wonderful questions. Uh, thank you so much for putting all these together. We said it a few times, uh, maybe not at the top, but uh, we tried something similar a while back. It didn't work out, but this uh, was beyond our expectation. We had so much fun. Um, where, where, what else would you like to say, Matt? Because we appreciate your help. 
Uh, just thanks for giving me another shot at this. Uh, I had a great time writing the questions, and um, I've, I love the show, and I'm glad to be a part of it. We're only going to get to Star Trek's future by acting like it right now, so celebrate the diversity around you. Love your fellow human beings. Uh, life's too short to go through it with hatred in your heart. Great uh, great final words there. Jeff, it looks like we have a bunch of episodes that uh, we're going to have to check out, especially me. Um, anything else you'd like to say? No, thanks again to all of our competitors. Uh, really wonderful tournament here. Thanks again to Matt. Uh, absolutely uh, incredible amount of work goes into these um, when we have to do them. So we're very appreciative uh, for all you've done to get this together. So thank you. And uh, thank you one more time to all of our patrons for supporting the show, helping us do episodes like this. If you'd like to join them, go to patreon.com slash triviality podcast. Uh, on behalf of Andrew, Chaz, John, JP, Candice, Aaron, Jeff, uh, and our guest host for this tournament, Matt, my name is Neil, and that was Triviality. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.